Unshackled Minds, Reality and Consciousness. Those of you who may have heard the first in this series may be aware of a blurter with the username a jerk off who has a continued series known as Unshackled Minds. And as I said in the previous series, what I would what I was hoping to do is to uh, create a new smart cast that is inspired by the things that this gentleman writes. And I really, really enjoy it's really some thought provoking stuff. We may not agree on everything, but that's not the point of it. The point of the exercise is to appreciate someone who's very good at expressing themselves. And I looked at I looked at today's post and I read through the whole thing. And it's really it is it's uh, this gentleman writes in a way that I speak, you know, I like to do this in audio form and he's obviously good at doing this in the the written word and typing, typing out these thoughts, which is, it's very good. It's very, it's very nice. Now, uh, Unshackled Minds today is going to focus on reality and consciousness and I'm going to dip into this post and then share my thoughts where I feel appropriate. Now, let me begin. I'm going to go in verbatim. This is from a jerk off. The reason I started doing this series is to reevaluate everything I and you had been taught or told. Very important objective in life, especially when you reach a certain, I don't know, an age or a certain event. I think there comes a point in the lives of those of us who are deep thinkers where you just, you have, you're up against the wall and you just, you have to start questioning things and looking in different areas for information. Let me get back to the text. I have worked in a lot of different trades, Grand Prix racing, engineering, uh, tried block paving drives uh, for a few weeks, even owned a few companies, uh, tried doing suspended ceilings and partitions at Royal Scott, been in sales and many other jobs, most just for the fun of it. Uh, and to learn new skills, I can. I can certainly. Uh, I can. I can certainly resonate with that. I, I'm the type of person who has been all over the place, and has wanted to learn as much as I can. Um, back to the article. My thirst for understanding, because as I'm reading, a lot of this seems like my own words. My thirst for understanding what it takes to do something. And what it is like to do it is, uh, what it is like to do it is never satisfied. I can agree with that. Hence me, the city boy now doing farming. (laughs) What I know about farming, I could have written on the back of a postage stamp with a marker pen before I did it. Uh, I have to say the same thing. I also, um, I got into farming years ago. Uh, I went to an organic farm, spent months and months there. And it was a whole new world for a person who was coming from the city, but it is, it's, it's, it always, you always remained amazed. You always remain amazed with yourself at your capacity to learn something and get engaged something and, and deeply understand something that you would have never thought that you would have gotten involved in because it seems so foreign to you. Now I seek to try and understand not a word, uh, understand is hyphenated, not a word. Uh, this this understand, uh, in fact, I think there's the Jamaican community, the, the reggae community. I know Karis One in the hip hop community uses the word overstand a lot because there's this kind of uh, 
play on words to say, don't stand under something, but stand above it, overstand it so that you, um, you do not have, well, you know, it's a play on words. It's a kind of a, a psychological game, but I want to get further down into this post. Yes, if we shift one single thing, we no longer exist. And this goes into the philosophy of looking at the 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 string, the the, the thread of life, the, the path of life that we that we go on. And if one little thing is changed, you know, very often I get this question, especially with my intimate partner. Because she always likes to test out to see, you know, well, you know, if you could go back in time, you know, and and I don't do it to be romantic. I certainly don't. It is. It's a romantic thing, but I don't do it for that reason. I do it to say that I am happy enough with my life that I would not want to change anything from the past because changing anything, even that day when I was 18 year old, 18 years old and got up to brush my teeth. If that day I had not decided to brush my teeth, my whole entire life would change. My life today would not be what it is today. I know it seems like a bit of an exaggeration, but that is the way timelines work. You are on a certain path in life and every single second contributes to the next moment. So how much of that are you willing to change? Well, if you're not really happy with your life, you may be willing to change all of it. You may be willing to risk everything. And that risk is, does it get better or does it get worse? You know, kind of like the, the film, The Butterfly Effect. No matter how much you try to change the past, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that the outcome that you had hoped for today will happen. As I watch politicians, try, uh, you know, there was something uh, there was there was something above that I I, <laughs> I see that a jerk off likes to um, write dictator, dick dash tater. And it makes me laugh. You know why? Because there's a gentleman that I follow by the name of Gerald Salente. And Gerald Salente is a Bronx. He's a Bronx cat. And uh, when you come from that area, you know, I grew up a Jersey boy. Uh, the Bronx cats, the Queens cats, the, the New York cats. I mean, we just don't hold ours at all. I, I try to because I don't want to get into too much vulgarity. But I do understand that we are living in a time of um, outrage. And Gerald Salente always says to the people who leave him comments or they write him messages, you know, uh, could you tone down the language? He's basically, you know, like, fuck you. This is not a time to be toning down anything. Put your fucking kids to bed because they don't need to be hearing this kind of shit. We as adults need to start communicating amongst ourselves about the reality, not the soft reality, the hard reality of what we're dealing with. So, um, Gerald likes to, especially when uh, when he's talking about people like uh, Trudeau and others, he doesn't call them dictator, dictators. <laughs> he calls them dictasters, <laughs> which is really, really vulgar. <laughs> but, you know, he, he expresses his outrage. So every time I see uh, a, a post by Jerkov where he, he see. <laughs> He, he writes dictator. I, I can't help but think of Gerald Salente when he says dictator. <laughs> anyway, as I watch politicians try to change things towards total control in baby steps, not so little steps in some countries. Take Canada and the World Economic Forum attending government. You will own nothing and not be happy is closer than ever with bank account seizure for being aligned with the wrong cause, but who decides what is wrong and right? 
And of course, it's not about a cause. It's it's more about, you know, you're either with us or you're against us. And uh, let me let me let me carry on here. Anti, uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, two of the most violent and antagonistic causes are allowed millions in funding. Trudeau and his government gave them forty five million dollars. Black Lives Matter. Uh, but a peaceful protest is against the new rules. This World Economic Forum, and in particular, Prime Minister Trudeau, and I would add to that Prime Minister Draghi from the United States, these are, I mean, these have to be, Australia seems to be off on its own path. I think Australia, even though it's aligned probably with the World Economic Forum, they, the Australia seems to just really want to be the top dictator. They really just want to have the top of uh, authoritarian, totalitarian regime, irrespective if everyone else stops. And yes, it does seem like uh, Trudeau wants to do the same thing. Draghi wants to do the same thing. But I think, I believe Trudeau and Draghi, they are uh, Klaus Schwab ass lickers. I mean, they really, particularly Trudeau because he's young. <laughs> the other day I was listening to Jordan Peterson and Jordan Peterson when he says something, there's a there's a, especially when it comes to human nature. I mean, you can question him on his uh, his, his uh, historical interpretations of history and things like that. But when it comes to new human nature, man, he really uh, he really darts into the heart of matter. And he said, Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, is a teenage actor. My goodness, um, I can no longer. I, I, I apart from the fact that I couldn't look at him seriously before this moment, but after hearing Jordan Peterson say that, I am now, every time I see him, I, I have this teenage actor. He's a teenage actor. Gerald Salente says politics is show business for ugly people. Uh, Trudeau is not really ugly, but he's kind of effeminate. You know, he's kind of like feminine. He, there's, there's nothing really masculine or macho about him. You know, he does seem like a teenage actor who wants to just take on this awesome role of being a prime minister. <laughs> and it seems to me that he has this kind of daddy boy thing going on with um, with those who are above him, because I see these people like Draghi and 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 Trudeau who are, they're just going all out of their way because they really believe this fourth industrial revolution is coming into play and that they're going to be in the front line. They're going to be remembered in history as the ones who actually implemented. I mean, these guys are going hardcore. Here in Italy, I'm in Italy, and it's just, it's it's almost like, the, you know, when you turn on the television and Draghi's up there, it's almost like he's saying, fuck you, fuck all of you. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what daddy tells me to do, and I'm going to get daddy's praise. These are some ass-licking uh, non-politicians, because, I mean, we, these people are... Well, Trudeau's a, a teenage actor, so you got the wrong profession there, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. You know, Gerald Salente says that the, you know, politi politics is show business for ugly people. Draghi is more in the financial area, and a lot of Italians, especially in the counterculture here, complain because they, they see Draghi, they see how he moves in government, and he's moving like... Um, a businessman in some huge investment firm. I mean, yes, he was with Goldman Sachs, and but he he is not managing the country as a person who uh, looks at politics and looks at government management 
as other than a business. Now, that's the perfect formula for fascism. What's interesting about fascism, Mussolini came up with the term and he defined the term. And he said that fascism is the uh, melding and meshing together of corporate interest with uh, government interest. I believe we're beyond fascism. I believe that the only thing that matters now is corporate interest. Corporate interest doesn't give a damn about government interest because government interest is supposed to be uh, the people, the sovereign, the those who uh, are supposed to be governed. This new, this new form of fascism, which I don't even, corporatism, I suppose, I've heard it called corporatism. This corporatism goes beyond fascism because it says, fuck governments. We don't even give a damn about governments. Governments are... You know, governments are that office down at the end of the hall for corporatism. Governments don't, there is, there is no merging and meshing and melding together of corporate interests with government interests. There is corporate interest, period. And governments are manipulated and paid to do what corporations want them to do. That's where we are. We are in corporatism. We are no longer in fascism. Uh, there was something I don't want to spend because it's a, it's a nice long post. So I encourage you all to go check it out. And this is part of um, Unshackled Minds. And, but there was something here towards the end. Most people get their perception of reality from indoctrination at schools, colleges, and, and the TV. Content, it seems, being content being content, it seems, being at nine to five wage slave. Only a small amount of people get to see beyond that reality of work until 65, 70, then retire, do some gardening, and get cemented and buried in a box. Modern medicine, too. Who determined that to be a good idea? Germ theory rather than terrain fact? In fact, hospitals kill more people by mistake than people die in car accidents. Quote, this is a quote. And there's a link provided for CNBC, quote, the third leading cause of death in the U.S. most doctors don't want you to know about. Um, it's actually not the third. It's actually number one. If you take a look at a, uh, a white paper that was uh, created and that was put together by some superb, superb investigators and people who have knowledge in this area, which is uh, Dr. Gary Nall and Richard Gale. There's a, there's a white paper called Death by Medicine, and it has looked into this subject uh, with years of research and gathering of information. The number one cause, the number one cause of death in the United States is iatrogenesis. Death by medically induced death. This is what is the number one, not the number three. It is the number one cause when you put together all of the causes especially malnutrition. Can you believe malnutrition? People die of malnutrition in the hospital. How the hell can you die of malnutrition in a hospital? And uh, I'll answer that. And, and I've talked about that in a previous Smart Cats. It is because modern medicine is the, is the management of disease. It is not the management of health. It is not oriented towards getting people healthy. It is oriented towards managing disease. And the more disease there is, the more jobs there are for those who want to manage it. This is why I'm completely against calling anyone a health minister who doesn't know a damn thing about health. It's just, it's ridiculous. 
The World Economic Forum Davos plays a huge part in our reality. You may think it is a small club in the hills in Switzerland, a heavily uh, a secret heavily armed club. It is, but is also a club that attracts the elite from all nations. Klaus, as in Klaus Schwab, is on record as saying 60% of his Canadian Parliament. You can find the video on YouTube, and I have heard it have attended their global leader training program. He also states Macron, Merkel, and the Argentinian government all are all past products of his training. Davos, the World Economic Forum, the world leaders all have one thing in common, money. I would uh, extend that and say it's power. It's power. They don't really have the real money. And this is why I shared the documentary um, Monopoly, and because this goes into something further down here. Uh, money backed by nothing is worth nothing. Now, here's the thing, and I want to try to put this into context. We believe that the money is backed by nothing because it's not backed by gold, because it's, um, and, and there's there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. But there is something in particular that I think is important that we factor in. When we talk about BlackRock, the Vanguard Group, State Street, when we talk about these massive investment firms who have this mass amount of money, okay, we can call it toilet paper money, we can call it monopoly money, we can say it's money backed by nothing. However, I will say that it is backed by something. And it is the way in which the world is controlled. I don't think the answer is us waking up to the money system, but rather us waking up to who is controlling the resources. Because BlackRock, the Vanguard Group, State Street, we're talking about trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. But it's not trillions and trillions of worthless pieces of paper or worthless sets of digital code because a lot of this doesn't even exist in paper. It just exists on some computer somewhere. It's not that they are not backed by nothing because these groups are buying everything. You see, BlackRock and whether it's Davos, whether it's Klaus Schwab, because I don't believe that Klaus Schwab is the tip of the iceberg. I believe when we start going into the investment firms and the, and the BlackRock and all of this, we start to see where the, the, the higher echelons, where they go. And those of you who may have seen that documentary, you will know that these people own agriculture, not an agricultural company, not a piece of farmland somewhere. They own the whole entire industry of agriculture and agriculture is where we get our food. You see money backed by nothing could be a, a, a concept that could be understood if money got you nothing, but money does get you something. So this money is not backed by nothing. This money is backed by the very things, the commodities that we need as human beings to survive. They own all of the food. They own all of the technology. They own all of the mineral resources, wood, uh, stone, you know, everything that you need that is essential for life. It's not that they are powerful because they have money. They are powerful because they control resources. You see, you can give, you can give someone trillions of dollars, right? And if they have trillions of dollars in their bank account, 
and they have done nothing, well then there you have money backed by nothing. There you have a person who's living an illusion of being rich. But if you take that trillion and you buy up a whole bunch of agriculture, you buy up a whole bunch of supermarkets, you buy up uh, uh, fields of cotton, flaxseed, and you start getting into food, clothing, and shelter, then you have your money is backed by something because you have resources and those resources can be used in order to control populations. You control populations when you control the food, clothing, and shelter. And this is why I don't ascribe to the idea that the money is worthless because they're using that money in order to have it be backed by resources. Those who do not have real resources or control of real resources, you see, somebody like, uh, uh, I don't know, let's say, I don't know, Elon Musk, right? Can Elon Musk really, because of the amount of money that he handles and the amount that he is worth and the amount that he has personally, does that make him uh, powerful? And the answer to me is no, because who gives a fuck about a Tesla car? Who gives a fuck about a rocket going to Mars? Who really gives a fuck about a neural chip being implanted into your brain, right? When I wake up in the morning, I don't need Neuralink. I don't need a Tesla car and I don't need SpaceX to take me to Mars. What I need when I wake up in the morning is something to eat. What I need when I wake up in the morning is clothes to put on my back. And what I need at the end of the day, when I'm tired and I want to lay down, I, w I, need, a, I need a roof over my head. I need a room where my bed is where I can lay down and do all of these things. Food, clothing, and shelter are the real force that makes someone powerful, not money. Because if you don't know what to do with that money in order to control other people, Elon Musk isn't controlling anyone. Elon Musk isn't taking food away from people. Well, figuratively speaking, he himself does not dominate that market. So if Elon Musk says, you will do this or or else I will shut down the, the factory and you will no longer have electric Tesla cars. Most people will say, who gives a fuck? But if you say, if you're a powerful person and you go into a city, you go into a community and you say, I'm going to shut down your supermarket because I own them. And you and yours will have a difficult time eating tomorrow or dressing yourself tomorrow. Then that is real power. That is where money is being used for power. Um, there was more in the, uh, there was more to go into, but, um, I've really, uh, this gentleman really has a, a deep way of thinking and, um, he's constantly bringing up arguments that are worth our time discussing. And uh, shout out to the people who leave comments on his posts because they really are thought provoking and they really do sometimes open up a can of worms. That's all for this segment of Unshackled Minds. Big shout out to a jerk off. A big shout out to all the blurters out there, the deep thinkers out there. Thank you everyone for the time that you have taken to listen. And thank you as well for all of the support.